How did you celebrate Christmas as a child? I bet you can summon up in an instant the sights, the smells, the feelings that you experienced every December. For some of us, these memories revolve around the story of Christ's birth. For more of us, it's the gifts, the decorations maybe, the meals, which are all not bad things. But what if the standout memory was not a tree or a stocking, but a family tradition that always leads to Jesus? Well, my name is Charles Morris, and I want to share with you a conversation with the creators of a boxed set that includes a children's book and a wooden block nativity set that's called The Manger Mission. The two women I want you to meet are Kristen Vasquez and Hannah Santi, but we'll be doing something a little different this time. Our executive producer, Troy Lambert, stepped in for me. You'll meet him in a moment when you hear their conversation about how their families and your family can use fun and intentional Christmas traditions as a way to lead everyone, but especially children in your life, to Jesus year after year. And so with that, let me hand the microphone off to our executive producer. This is Haven Today. I'm Troy Lambert filling in for Charles Morris, and we're really excited to have with us the creators of the most interactive Christmas experience I've seen in a while uh, for families and children to learn more about Jesus. Uh, We have with us uh, on the program Hannah Santi and Kristen Vasquez. Welcome to Haven Today, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Now, we're going to talk about your new family tradition Uh, called The Manger Mission. Uh, We'll actually hear from Hannah. It's not that new. It's an idea she's had for a while. But Kristen, there was an experience in your life that the Lord brought in that he really used to inspire you to want to work with children. Tell tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So when my oldest daughter was a year and a half old, um, I had cancer. And during that time, just you know, going through chemo and then radiation, trying to keep up with a toddler in the midst, I just had this strong desire in my heart to write a children's book, uh, to leave something lasting for my daughter. And at the time, uh, doctors said we wouldn't be able to have more children after. Um, and now my oldest is eight and a half, and I have a I have a three year old now as well. Praise the Lord. Yes, um, and God put that the desire in my heart to do something to write. A children's book, but I just didn't have a specific vision for it. And then about five years went by and I just consistently had a stirring in my heart to write, but there, but I was just missing what I, I was missing the, the specifics. And then January, 2019, I get a phone call from Hannah asking if I could meet with her and with her mom, because they had an idea that they wanted to talk about with me. Wow. And so enter Hannah Tell us a little bit about this idea and how you and your mom came up with it. And why did you think, let's go to Kristen, who in a moment we're going to find out was your school teacher. Yes. Yes. So um, this idea actually started many, many years ago, as you mentioned. Um, The activity is something that my mom actually did with my sister and I when we were young around um, Christmas time. And so over the years, uh, she shared it with some friends, but has always had the desire and the idea to 
find a way to share it on a large scale. Once we had kind of talked about that, I actually remembered Kristen telling me at some point about her desire to write a children's book, but I didn't know exactly what that would look like for her. And so when my mom brought her name up, I knew that we should reach out to her. And uh, when we did and shared the idea with her, we asked her if she wanted to pray about it. And she said, I've already been praying about this for years. I want to do it. (laughs) And so it was just a really exciting moment that um, just kind of confirmed that this was something that we really wanted to do. That's amazing. So, and you guys actually met though, you were a student in her high school English classroom. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. She was my high school English teacher, my junior year. And we just got really close. She was somewhat of a mentor to me. And then after I graduated from high school, we stayed in touch and our age difference really isn't that much. And we just became really close friends, was able to um, reconnect with her and stay in touch through college and kind of walk through her cancer journey with her. And so it's really exciting to get to partner on this together Um, after we've been friends for so many years. That is so special. Only the Lord can weave those things together. Because um, you actually, Hannah, are the graphic artist. That's kind of the way the Lord's gifted you. And and so together, you've written this book, which explains the manger mission. But also, I have right in front of me the different wooden blocks that would make up a nativity. I think maybe we need to, at the moment here, talk a little bit about what is the manger mission? How does it work? Like I mentioned, it's an activity and a tradition that my family did when my sister and I were younger that consists of children getting to kind of take the lead and be creative and take the wise men on an adventure through their home, through the Christmas season, building up to Christmas Day and returning the wise men to the nativity as um, the family celebrates the birth of Jesus. And so it is... um, like you said, a nativity set and a book. And my background is graphic design. So I was able to illustrate and design um, the nativity set. But the writing uh, was something I knew I would not be able to do. And so that's where Kristen came in. And so the book is less of a how to do this, but it actually is kind of a, an interactive story that I guess in some ways guides how to do it. But it's, it's still a very creative story. The book, it flashes back between present day with children actually doing the manger mission tradition and the original story of the wise men uh, as they journey to Jesus. And it's broken up into the segments of the wise men's journey um, as children then take the wise men through their house. And Hannah actually did the illustrations where the journey of the wise men through scripture, um, all of those illustrations are in vibrant color. And then the journey through the house, um, the, the illustrations are mostly in black and white in present day. Yeah, they're, and, and they're beautiful illustrations. I, I love kind of the, the modern yet classic look that is, is used there. Now, um, Kristen, you are obviously trained as a school teacher. You worked with children. You were telling me before our interview that the more and more that you grow as a parent and, and an educator, that you see play-based learning for children as perhaps the most important way for them to learn? Yes, it led me to decide to to homeschool um, my oldest 
about a year and a half ago, we made the decision to do that because really um, I wanted her to have more opportunity for play. As I read books about child development and uh, early childhood education, it just became really clear that play is the work of childhood and that through play, children really build their knowledge base and retain it. Because of that, um, I made the connection with the Manger Mission to using play-based learning as a way to help develop this foundation of faith for children so that parents can interact with them in a playful way uh, that will help children personally connect to their faith uh, in a way that they'll remember long-term. The reality is that the Christmas season can be such a rush. There's busyness, there's uh, restlessness, uh, and, and also there's a lot of Christlessness, unfortunately. Was that your overall heart, Hannah, for this idea that you wanted to help children come to know Jesus? Yes, that's definitely at the heart of this. In what can really be a kind of chaotic and busy season, we feel like the manger mission is really an opportunity to kind of slow down and have an activity that's done in your home. It's a simple activity that can be done daily. And we have seen that as children do this, one of the things that we love is building the anticipation of returning the wise men to the nativity and just the tie to um, the anticipation of Christ coming and experiencing Christ in our lives. And just to see that through the eyes of children and slowing down during a busy season has been something really special about this. Wow, that's wonderful. So last Christmas was actually the first Christmas that this was out and available for families to to use and enjoy. Kristen, I'm curious, what has the response been? The response has been overwhelmingly positive from parents who want their children to engage in an activity that points them to Jesus. One family said that their daughter wanted to read the book every single night. <laughs> and another, another um, family talked about how their children wake up every morning and the first thing they want to do is move the wise men to their next location. And that's one of the, the best things about this tradition is that it is child-led. So the children, mm-hmm. they, they're the ones really driving it. And then I have a favorite story about um, Hannah and her sister Tori when they were young. Uh, her mom told me that they, when they did the manger mission before it was called that, um, they woke up on Christmas morning so excited to move the wise men to Jesus, not even paying attention to stocking <laughs> presents under the tree. They were just so focused on completing the journey to Jesus. I think that's the heart of what you know what we're hoping for with this that children will you know their gaze will really be on the true meaning of christmas amen yes and um just to add to that a, a story that we've heard that really has just stuck with me is we heard of somebody who gave this as a gift to the, uh, f- another family and through the experience that that family had uh with their children doing the manger mission um it generated conversation and um, even some desire to dig deeper um, for the dad of that family. And he reached back out to um, the husband of the family who had gifted it to them, just asking if he would disciple him and um, help him dig deeper in his faith. And so that really has just touched me because while this activity is so great for kids, we also just have a heart for um, 
we think that the Lord can use children and childlike faith to also lead parents or other adults in their lives to a deeper faith. And so that story really is just encouraging to me that um, through an activity that his kids were doing, it really led him to want to dig deeper in his own faith. And that's really more than I could have even imagined for this. Um, It's just really encouraging. One other thing that we had talked about last year in particular was we know there's such a trend among young adults to leave the church and to leave their faith. And on one hand, I teach 11th grade students and have, you know, younger children. On one hand, I'm thinking through how to prevent that in the next generation, Mm -hmm. how to lay that foundation. Then on the other hand, you have this, this whole group of young adults who have left their faith and they're having children now. Mm -hmm. And this may be a playful way to have them revisit, you know, their childlike faith and what they knew before. And we have been prayerful about that. And there have been at least, um, there have been people in both of our lives that we know who have bought one who are no longer practicing Christians, uh-huh. but they bought permission and did it with their children last year. And that has been something that we're, we're just, we're humbled by and prayerful about as we consider that, you know, this may be something that is an easy reentry, or at least can connect them into a way that they can talk about faith with their children when they might not otherwise. Yeah, that's such a great point. I mean, and the reality is that in a sense, you're, you kind of have to do this alongside opening up Luke chapter two, or, you know, uh, explaining a little bit for the kids to, to understand, well, where did this come from? And yet there's mom and dad, or maybe grandma and grandpa, or an aunt and uncle reading the Bible, explaining to them, and we know that, you know, God's word is living and active. And when the Holy Spirit chooses to move, he he grabs hearts. <laughs> I work with uh, somebody who bought two sets of the manger mission for his twins who are in eighth grade so that their children will have them. <laughs> he wanted to make sure that his grandchildren someday would be able to participate in the manger mission because he loved the idea of leaving a legacy of faith. So, uh, wow. so. Both 14-year-old twins have them or someday when they are parents of children old enough to do the major mission. That's beautiful. And, and the reality is, I mean, that's a lot of grandparents today are, are seeing that need that maybe their children or their grandchildren, they see them not going to church. They see them not reading their Bibles. And there's a concern that how do I get them to look to Christ? And this is a non-confrontational, subtle way uh, that actually really does point people to Christ. Yes. Through this activity that's for children, it's a creative and subtle way, non-confrontational to bring the story of Jesus into people's homes. We've heard of many people giving this as a, as a gift to other families, whether um, the people they're giving it to are believers, or we've also heard of them being given as gifts to families who are not active in their faith. And the response has still been great. And so it's really neat to see this as a way to bring the story of Jesus into someone's home through their children. It's providing their children something fun to do um, at Christmas and something that they actually enjoy doing, but 
does carry a lot bigger purpose and a lot bigger meaning than just um, being something fun. Now, let me ask you this. I know that um, Kristen shared that her grandparents were both missionaries on both sides of the family. Um, talk a little bit about that legacy. Now, we know each person has to make the choice to follow Christ, but in your home, Kristen, as well as your home, Hannah, uh, the presence of the Lord has been seen for generations. Uh, Kristen, tell us a little bit about your background, your grandparents, and then maybe tell us how Christ became real to you. So my um, grandparents on my mom's side were missionaries in Africa in three different countries in Africa for over 20 years. And they were linguists. They translated the Bible into the Mahdi language in South Sudan um, after my grandpa took seven years to learn it. My dad's side of the family were missionaries in Indonesia. And my dad's dad was actually killed when my dad was 12 and my grandma was pregnant with her, her fifth child. And She went out as the missionary's wife. He was an agricultural missionary to people who were really in the Stone Age um, at that time. And she decided to stay on as a missionary. So she became the missionary and continued her career as a missionary. So both of my parents grew up overseas. And from a young age, they had told me, um, they taught me about faith. And I remember being very young, praying the prayer of salvation, you know, multiple times just to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) But I always understood that my faith was mine. And my parents, when I'd ask them, you know, do I need to be a missionary? Their answer was, you are. Hmm. No matter where you are, you're a missionary. And uh, you don't need to go somewhere to do that. It's the Hmm. neighbor. It's in your home. And so that the legacy of faith that they left um, was really powerful for me. It continues to impact me. Um, really every day. Wow, that is so encouraging. And Hannah, what I know that your father's a doctor, your mother is an architect, but they both love Jesus as well, right? They do, yes. Um, faith goes back in my family for generations as well. And so it's always just been a deeply rooted faith that has been part of my life. Um, growing up with the knowledge and um, the model of just living in your faith every day. And, um, for me, when my faith really became real and a relationship with Jesus, um, was actually at the school where I had Kristen as a teacher, um, in eighth grade, um, we had, uh, weekly kind of devotional, um, times. And during one of those is when it really just, um, the message just really, touched my heart. And I think that's when the Holy Spirit really touched my heart. And, and so that was a a turning point, just really my faith um, becoming more of my own, but I'm so grateful for the foundation of that faith that had been modeled for as long as I can remember that made that a very natural um, decision for me to make. Wow. I didn't mention anything about my parents in particular, but my dad is actually the headmaster of that school where I work and he's had a career in Christian education. And he's done a lot of work to, um, to really like define and protect Christian education. Um, And so just seeing him work through that in our culture right now has been inspiring to me to, um, you know, to really put my faith in action. Um, to see both both him and my mom kind of forge the way there. Hannah and Kristen, it's been wonderful to have you here on Haven Today with us. Before we go, Kristen, 
I want to ask you a question that Charles always asks somebody on the program, and the response each time is very different for each person. Who is Jesus to you? Jesus to me is my leader, somebody that daily I have to, not have to, that I get to submit to. And when I forget, the day does not go up. (laughs) But just the image of open hands, here I am, Lord, what would you have me do today is my question for him. And when my heart is in that place, there's, there's great peace that is absolutely, I know is a miracle. And I've had that peace in times where it doesn't make sense to have that peace. But it's when I, when I open my hands and, and ask Jesus to be my leader. Wonderful. Hannah, do you mind praying to our leader, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and pray specifically for families this Christmas. It could be parents, grandparents, aunt, uncles who have the unique opportunity to to take their kids to Christ. Sure, I would love to pray. Lord, thank you so much for today and for the gift that it is and for this opportunity for us to get to speak with Haven Ministries. Lord, and I just pray over this Christmas season. I pray that that you would be present and that you would lead and guide families this Christmas, Lord. And I pray that in a season that is truly all about your son, Jesus, that that would be the focus, Lord, and that there would be opportunities for really anyone, Lord, but also just children of families to come to know you, even in the midst of a busy season. Mm-hmm. I pray that you would provide opportunities for families to gather together, to have meaningful time together. And even, like I said, Lord, in a busy time, that you would provide margin and space for us to slow down mm. and to really reflect on on your son, Jesus, and the gifts that he is to us and what that means for our lives. And Lord, I thank you um, for the manger mission. And Lord, we just are humbled that we have a chance to um, create this and share this. And ultimately, Lord, we just pray that it could be used as a vehicle for children um, to experience you and to come to know you and for it to just create a meaningful experience um, for families as they participate in it and that it would just point everyone who interacts with it mm. to you. And I lift all this up in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Well, Hannah and Kristen with the Manger Mission, let me be the first to say a little early, Merry Christmas and thank you for being with us on Haven today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. Now, you might think it's a little too early to talk about Christmas and Advent, but I'm only bringing it up now so that we can be more ready when December comes for this once-a-year opportunity to anticipate the coming Messiah and what he came to do. If you want to learn more about the Manger Mission, just head over to our website, haventoday.org, where You can make a gift and you can request this resource and you can at least simply watch the video of the activity in action that we put up there as you scroll down and look under Going Deeper. For more conversations like this, 
please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, please help us get the word out by leaving a five-star review. You can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and discover additional episodes posted on the blog. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris. Thank you.